Bookcase and Coffee presents Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. And on this episode, we are talking Megan Quinn's Not So Meant to Be. And I am joined by podcast contributor, Lindsay. Welcome back to the podcast, Lindsay. Thanks, Leah. So happy to be here. Okay, so can you read the synopsis from Goodreads, please? Yes. <laughs> from USA Today, an Amazon charts best-selling author Megan Quinn comes a fresh take on a romantic comedy classic when Harry met Sally. This steamy laugh out loud enemies to lovers romance is about as annoyingly handsome is about an annoyingly handsome co-worker and the woman who refuses to be charmed by him. Am I friends with JP Kane? Ha. Huh. That's laughable. Besides the fact that he's adopted some far-fetched notion from the movie When Harry Met Sally that says men and women can't be friends and work together, it's safe to say we're not friends. He's annoyingly loud, obnoxiously handsome, and has made an art out of poking all of my hot buttons multiple times a day. So you can imagine how disgruntled I am when I not only have to fly to San Francisco with him for work, but stay in the same penthouse. Yep, we're sharing the same air 24-7. We're talking full-fledged working roommates. The man doesn't know what it means to wear a shirt, thrives off protein bars, and you guessed it, moans loud enough for people to believe he's Meg Ryan in a restaurant. Spoiler alert, I won't be having what he's having. Tack on his continuous flirting and his polished good looks, and I'm caught staring down the barrel of a seductive temptation that makes it hard for me to sleep at night. But guess who can control herself? This girl. Because if there's one thing I know for for certain, it's that J.P. Kane and I are so not meant to be. Okay, so this book released June 7th, 2022. It is an enemies to lovers, workplace romance, forced proximity, slow burn. It is a standalone, but it ties in with a not so meet cute. And the put out percentage is 71%. So let's talk. JP King. Honestly, I wasn't a big fan of JP's for a while. I thought he came across as kind of an entitled, immature jerk face yeah. but as the book unfolds you find out like his attitude and his like jerkiness is really a front for a lot of like emotional like insecurities he has yes he has a lot of growing up to do like from the fact that he doesn't really ask for what he's want he wants mm-hmm. like he doesn't feel f- you learn in the book that he doesn't feel fulfilled right. in his work or really his life and as a result a lot of that has come out in his attitude towards Kelsey and mm-hmm. um, not just Kelsey, but, you know, his relationships with pretty much everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, he uses like a defense mechanism, like, yes, like he has a temper, but then, but he, but I mean, a lot of people do, but his, like the way it manifests, it's like, he's just going to like lash out and attack like their insecurities and their issues. And so he doesn't, he's not a bully. Like he just does not consider other people's feelings like in the moment. No. And like part of it is him and Kelsey are kind of in a loop. Every time he is about to admit, not admit outright that he has feelings, but every time he's about to like make a gesture or like try to advance their relationship towards the romantic piece, he's put back in a feedback loop because she doesn't know. She Mm -hmm. doesn't know. And he's not he doesn't break that 
that feedback loop. Like he gets to a point where he's like about ready to push them towards the romantic piece or like to admit that something's different for him or that he has feelings. And then something happens with him and Kelsey and it just like sets him back. <laughs> well, and I think so, part of his issue too, though, is the fact that like he, he almost like he doesn't want those feelings to be there. Like, cause mm-hmm. he talks at one point, like, I mean, cause he, he has dated around, he has slept around. He's not like the biggest man horror, like known to man, but like, he is not like celibate, but he gets to a point like in the book where he says like, he hasn't been out in months and it basically all revolves around Kelsey. And like when he like first met Kelsey, but his, a big part of his issue is the fact that he doesn't want to like her. No, he doesn't want to change his ways, but he's not capable of like taking inventory of his life to see mm-hmm. that he's already changed his ways because mm-hmm. of how he feels about her. Well, and that's the thing. I think when he finally acknowledges that, and it's probably like 30, 35% into the book when he like acknowledges the fact that like, Hey, maybe like, this is the reason I'm not doing it. Like then he starts to change some stuff, but he's, he set himself in this rut that he can't get himself out because he's afraid to say stuff. And part of it too is like, they've been pitted pitted by all of their family and friends. Like the, so um, Kelsey and JP, they have a sibling and Kelsey's sister is marrying JP's brother. Mm-hmm. So they're constantly pushed together by their families, their friends, they work together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, every like there's that um dynamic too where like everybody's telling them they should be together and it's you know it's kind of a situation where they really need to come to it on their own and they're not being left to their own devices until they get to san francisco Mm -hmm. to really figure out how they feel and what they want to do about it Mm -hmm. well and let's talk about kelsey a little bit so she is attracted to jp but she has a view of him that he He never truly tried to dissuade because like the type of person that he comes across when they first meet, like it's pretty shallow and like not that great. And like, she talks about how he smells like the, like perfume, like the next day. And and so like, she has this mental picture of him and this assumption of him and he just lets it happen. But she, so she uses like snark and like frustration and not always the nicest like language, like to keep him at arm's length because she, well, this girl, the securities in this insecurities in this girl, like, I just wanted to hug her and love her and be like, you're okay. Yeah. So she has some abandonment issues. You find out that, um, her dad, left them when she was a little girl and she Mm -hmm. has some serious issues as a result of that um but the book starts out with jp essentially telling her that they cannot ever be friends they cannot Mm -hmm. they cannot be friends because they're the undeniable sexual attraction between the two of them and that Mm -hmm. essentially like they will inevitably give into this and it's very arrogant it's very cocky and she is just not having it she's like this is work this is not how we behave at work I'm not going to go there with you. Um. <laughs> well, he, he often toes that line of inappropriate. And like, I think part of Kelsey's thing is like, she's already in this mindset that like, since her sister and her, his, his brother are together, that people think that the company that her and Lottie had and now work with like JP and Huxley and Breaker's company, it's because like, they're together and she really wants to be able to stand on her own 
as a company and have respect for that. And he, it's almost like he's shitting on it with the way he talks about stuff in some ways. And she gets frustrated about that. And like, that is something that they talk about like later in the book. And she's like, I want to succeed. I want people to see us as this entity. And we didn't make it just because these two are together or because like we are together, we slept together or have a relationship. Like she wanted to really be respected in her field for the capabilities that she has. Yeah. And the other thing about her is that she's obsessed with love. She has Mm -hmm. a podcast called meant to be. I love the podcast. I I did want to talk about that. Yeah. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Can we talk about keep, it now? No, keep no, keep going with what you were saying. Okay. And we'll talk about it as soon as we're. Well, I was, was going to talk about the podcast a little bit, but like she's obsessed with love. She has this um podcast about meant to be, and it's about like couples come on and they tell you about how they met each other, and oh, that's so great. Um, I really liked that, but it it just shows like Kelsey really deeply wants to find love and belonging, mm-hmm. and like throughout the book she's border like she's borderline desperate like (laughs) she is like relentlessly pursuing love this girl well and I think that part of her thing is like she's been unlucky and like she feel already feels unlovable which I get because she has those abandonment issues but her sister and her mom like they are present and they are loving and they're like full in her life and I'm like honey look at the people around you like they love you like you were a very lovable person but she she wants that she wants what her sister has and she hasn't been able to find it and she hasn't she's been dating some duds yes and do we want to talk about their first date okay so (laughs) so she is in love with the idea of love so she goes on a dating app (laughs) and it's a blind date dating app and if and there's something that i want to talk about like later in this whole thing but so she goes on this blind date jp has lost a bet against his brother breaker he also had to sign up for this dating app lo and behold these two get matched and they have like the highest match like possible they don't believe it yeah and um no they don't believe it but they're stuck on the date so the kind of date they're on is you have to stay through dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't just leave because if you leave, you are not allowed to ever come back on the app. So that is mm-hmm. not something Kelsey is willing to, <laughs> like she's genuinely, she spends a lot of the date trying to get out of it. And JP was really dreading the date because he was like, I only want to go out with Kelsey. And then Kelsey, you know, winds up being his date and he's really excited about it when he realizes that oh this date's not gonna suck because it's he's still kind of a dumbass he is instead of like handling the situation in any kind of way where he could be like show that he is serious about having a date with kelsey like he lets kelsey believe that he's not serious about dating that he's not serious about anything and Mm -hmm. kelsey is like so disappointed because she knows how jp is she knows that he's with all these women and um, he doesn't take love seriously at all. And she's like, this is the worst. Like, this is yeah. not what I signed up for. Like, nothing's going to happen here because of how he's presented himself to her. So. Well, and that's the big thing. Like, that <laughs> date, like, could have been, like, the deciding factor and been like, oh, like, 
yes, I lost a bet, but this is going to like work out really well for me. But he's a dumbass. And he goes back on like that, like humor and like, I'm just going to, he makes a joke out of it and almost like poo-poos the fact that like she wants to fall in love. And like, and he does it as a, because he's an, he's just an idiot at times. And I keep, just keep going back to that. That is one of the funniest date scenes I've ever read because it is not a meet cute. It is not so far from a meet cute. The first date is a nightmare. Mm -hmm. Um, It's such a nightmare that the restaurant foresees that there will be a situation with their dinner in a private room like so they're not anywhere near anybody (laughs) oh my gosh but it is so funny and jp doesn't behave like a normal human being at this this date at all like the more that him and kelsey argue the more outrageous it gets like Mm -hmm. to the point where I'm not going to give it away. Just read the book for this scene alone. You do. It is a really good scene. Well, and one thing I really like about this book is like, none of them have filters. Like there's no filters. There's a lot of oversharing in, in the relationships, but there's like, there's a lack of true communication between Kelsey and JP, which honestly, like when he so you don't know his name going into the book and there's a moment I'm not going to tell you what his name is but there's a moment like when she finds out his real name and it was really cute like the way that happened I really enjoyed it and he's he's got like moments of sweetness all peppered throughout leading up to Mm -hmm. um when the relationship finally develops and it's really cute you feel for both of them but I will say this like Communication issues between the hero and heroine are usually a major pet peeve of mine. Um, That is usually a make or break it issue in a book for me. And I Mm -hmm. felt like in this particular book, the way it was written with Kelsey and JP's backstory, I felt like it wouldn't have made any other, like it wouldn't have made sense any other way. Mm -hmm. Like they had to grow up and learn to overcome like their communication issues. And well, and the one thing I liked is once they got to a point where they were together, they, they communicated better. Like they communicated fairly well, but there's something that happens that blows up and it is not JP not communicating. It is JP trying to protect her. So it is him taking on the hurt and the pain and everything on himself and trying to guard her from it. So it's like, once they get to that point, like they're, they've been pretty open. Like once, like they both got past those walls, like it is him protecting her. And I really enjoyed the way that played out. I did too, but he was such a dumbass. Like the fact that he even wound up in that situation, he was such a dumbass. Well, <laughs> it's the Scotch's fault. And I'll just say that. It is that. Also, he is obsessed with uh, this pigeon. Oh my God. <laughs> Named Kazoo. Kazoo. The, the bow tie. That's all I'm going to say. There's bow ties on pigeons. Just, you need to just read for that, but let's talk about the podcast. So it is a podcast called meant to be. It is about all of the meat cutes or how these couples have met. But one thing I love, and I think it is a really smart decision on Megan Quinn's part is it is all past couples from other books. And if you like read the back matter, so the dating app 
that they use, it's the dating app created by one of the characters in her blind date series. I thought it was genius the way that she did that. It was, it was. I really love that. And it's also fan service. Like Megan Quinn is one of the authors mm-hmm. that there've been a couple books now where like she'll pepper these things into her story that are just ultimate fan service. Like giving people a little snippet into all these past couples mm-hmm. from all of her series. Like you see past couples from her small town series. You see, um, you know, the they talk about their curse, the New Orleans curse. And then mm-hmm. you see- you know, you just see like the baseball series, you see some of those characters. And, and Rath and Charlie make a return. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that right there. <laughs> They're so ridiculous. But one thing I loved about it is like she pulled all these different couples in in a really interesting way and it made sense and it worked and it's like oh I because I there's a couple that I haven't read those books I'm like oh I think I'm going to go back and read that book and see why the, like their dynamic is the way it is yeah that was that was a really fun mm-hmm. that was just really fun I didn't expect that um but mm-hmm. it also really fit in well with Kelsey because you can see like she has this obsession with love and it just fit so well with her character because you you got to see like all these conversations with these really well-established couples and she's just waiting for her moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And honestly, like this, the epilogue, like the way this one played out, like it worked really well with this story. It did. Because again, there's a bow tie and a pigeon named kazoo it's just so silly like i was reading this book and i was just thinking like megan quinn's books remind me like the way that they're just all out comedy like they are it's almost like the romance version of like a will ferrell movie like if you really like that all out slapstick comedy mm-hmm. i think well, like <laughs> and i do really so much of that and i do enjoy like the harry met sally like dynamic that she used in this and she flipped the script on that uh scene so you'll have to you'll have to read the book to see how that that one played out you know i never actually saw that movie you should it's delightful (laughs) i should Mm -hmm. okay so questions did you like this book i did there were a lot of really funny moments like i laughed out loud a lot Mm -hmm. um so yes it was a really fun read (laughs) yeah i liked it too the last couple megan quinn books in all honesty, I haven't loved. And so I was a little bit apprehensive going into this one. Cause I was like, Oh no, if it's, if this is going to be another one of those where it was, it was good, but like, it didn't make me like laugh really hard, but I really enjoyed this one. And I am glad that I read it. So who would typically like this book? Any <laughs> like me. true rom-com fans, anyone who loves slapstick humor. Um, and honestly, like I thought the humor in it and like kind of the over, to- over the top funny was very similar to anyone who really loved boss and bridegroom. No, I agree. Cause their dynamic, it like Charlie and Raph didn't have like the, the snarky, like back and forth, like, like borderline, like meanness that these two had. And I, I say borderline cause they weren't mean to each other. They just were they did not filter anything that they said, but yeah, I agree. It definitely like went along more along those lines of their reactions and the way they act, but yeah, snarky banter over the top humor. This one's for you. So would you recommend this book? Yes. Especially if you need a good laugh. Mm-hmm. I agree. Laugh. <laughs> and I really like, I really like the dynamic between the brothers. So there's three brothers, there's Huxley, 
um, breaker who I hope gets a book because I'm interested to, to hear him. And I'm assuming it's going to be Ophelia, the friend that like, you have to read that, <laughs> but Huxley breaker and then JP, but I like the dynamic between the brothers and the sisters as well. I thought the, those, the family dynamic was really interesting and strong. My favorite dynamic was JP and the pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kazoo could like have his own book. It's something about animals in a book I just really love. Me too. Okay, so do you have a book you think that we should review for a quick shot of romance? If you do, send us an email at thebees at bookcaseandcoffee.com and we will add that to our list. Thank you so much for joining me on this quick shot of romance, Lindsay. Thank you. And, in, oh, and I can't, until <laughs> next time, happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.